The views, thoughts, and opinions expressed in this episode are that of the guest and host and do not necessarily reflect the values of sponsors or other associated organizations. Welcome to the Parental Compass by Family Education and Support Services. I'm your host, Bobby Williams. As always, subscribe to the show, leave us a review, tell a friend. The Parental Compass needs your support. We are seeking out new funding sources so that we can keep this show going, so we can keep delivering this important parenting information to you every week. This show is used in multiple parenting classes, It airs on KMRE Radio with our community partners in Bellingham. We've also built a very strong organic audience online. We don't want to lose that. So if you are interested in becoming a sponsor or underwriter of the show, please reach out. You can contact us by emailing bobby at familyess.org. Love to hear from you. Today, we are going to take a look back at one of my favorite episodes that we've done, Hillary Cash. Hillary leads Restart, which is a residential treatment facility for video game addiction. This interview really put into perspective when gaming is becoming a problem and what you can do to help. I thought it was very informative, it's also just fun and interesting, so check it out. I was talking with a friend about this topic and she was saying, why are we, like if a kid is talented at gaming, why are we looking at that different than if they were spending hours playing soccer or hours learning to dance? Like why is this skill looked down upon? Or what are your thoughts about that? Well, I think it's really helpful to think in terms of child development. What do children need to develop well? Mm-hmm. make it through all the stages of development and children need certain kinds of experiences that will help them be well-rounded so a child who is a great musician or a wonderful dancer they're not going to be playing music and dancing for 18 hours a day and binging on that for 30 hours at a time mm. you know a a, a A talented child who is pursuing a passion will do it, if if they're doing it right, they're still going to have some balance in their lives. They're going to still be, you know, getting exercise, getting sleep, eating well, taking care of themselves, having friends, you know, being responsible within the family. All of these things are in the, you know, in the whole picture of a child's life, even if they are pursuing a passion or a talent with great devotion. Yeah. Well, so where is that line then? You're talking about gaming 18 hours. What's the difference between just an avid gamer and someone that is actually a gaming addict? Well, they, it's interesting because the World Health Organization does distinguish between hazardous gaming think of it on a continuum. So there's the non-gamer, there's the very casual gamer, there's the serious um, casual gamer, Mm -hmm. um, 
and or and the serious gamer and the hazardous gamer and the addicted gamer. And it's not real easy to see what the distinction is, but the the gamer who falls out of, you know, who goes beyond hazardous gaming is the gamer who is um, the signs of addiction that are critical is loss of control, the inability to control or limit their gaming. Their, and gaming takes precedence over everything else. And there are negative consequences that are very severe as a result. And so, for instance, the negative consequences might be chronic lack of sleep. The negative consequences might be grades dropping and failing out of school. The negative consequences might be uh, isolation in front of a screen and, and not enough face-to-face -face time. The consequences might be severe depression and heightened anxiety. And so you have to look at how they're functioning and, and, if they're, and if there are really serious consequences to their functioning, then you're looking at a problem. And how severe that problem is, is the difference going to be between hazardous gaming and addictive gaming. And the complete loss of control is what distinguishes an addiction. Yeah, so it's a real addiction. You can't give me a straight hour amount though, can you? No, although, you know, what, what research does, I mean, there's some really good research on this and they, and the research is that up to two hours a day of gaming can actually be beneficial to kids. Mm -hmm. You know, it's entertainment. It gives them something to talk about. They fit in with their peers, you know, it's like yeah. fine. And especially I if it's pro-social gaming, then they know that that actually increases pro-social behavior. So up to two hours is fine. But once you start going beyond two hours of gaming, then you start to see some of the negative effects more and more and more as those hours start mounting up. Yeah, that was something I wanted to touch on was a lot of young people, they're like, well, my friends are on the game. This is my way of being social. Or sometimes a kid might be bullied but their social standing is high in the game because it's just judged on how you play the game. Right. So a kid could argue, you know, this is where I'm accepted. This is where my friends are. What, what do would I you say to that? Like that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, especially a child who has autism, uh, you know, like they're high functioning, they have what's called Asperger's or they have traits of autism so that they... They, those are kids who often are bullied because mm -hmm. they're not picking up on social cues well and so they don't fit in easily socially. They are going to be very, very, very drawn to online gaming um, because it feels safe to them there and it doesn't ratchet up their high anxiety. And again, in moderation, that's okay. The trouble is that the research is also very clear that, that there's a strong positive correlation between depression and the amount of time spent online. Mm -hmm. Because we are social animals and we do need to be in social, you know, face-to-face -face social connection with one another. The more time somebody is spending on 
mine, the less time they're spending with family and friends. And so you take kids who are bullied, take kids who have poor social skills, those are kids who need a lot of extra help and support so that they can find kids to be friends with out in the real world. But they do need those real world face-to-face -face friendships, not just finding it online because just finding it online is not an adequate substitute. It's, mm -hmm. I, I use the, the analogy that if, if you're, it's like feeding sugar to a starving person, that person will in the end still starve. Mm. Okay. Mm -hmm. So somebody who's starving for social contact and you give them their on and just nothing but online social contact, they will still starve in the end. They may not realize it, but they are still starving. So you've got to help everybody. All kids need help developing social connection. It's an interesting metaphor. Why do you think it's mainly in general terms, boys and men that are so into gaming? Like there are female gamers, but it seems like it's predominantly a guy thing. It is. It is. Uh, there, I mean, there are more female gamers as time goes by, but I think there are a number of reasons for it. Females do tend to be more drawn to social media than, mm -hmm. than males. Um, and, you know, so many of the games that are the most popular and the most addictive are games where the online communities uh, are often very misogynistic, anti-female. So it's a very unpleasant environment for females. The games are highly competitive and often very violent. And a lot of females just are not as drawn to that as males are. Um, males seem to be more willing than females to isolate. Women just don't seem to be as willing to isolate in front of a screen for days and weeks and months and years on end. Yeah, well, good for them, you know. Uh, <laughs> another thing I hear a lot of young people say is like, well, there's this whole industry of being a professional gamer, or I could go pro, or maybe I'll work in the video game industry. And so they're justifying excessive gaming that way mm -hmm, mm -hmm. well <laughs> it it is it's kind of like you're debating a 13 year old with this interview here but <laughs> <you know. laughs> no 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 these are great questions because of course this subject comes up all the time i mean yeah. so many of the guys who come to restart are coming because they have had ambitions to be pro mm -hmm. and it it might be as pro competitors in esports or it might be pro as online personalities you know where yeah. people give them tips as they are uh, uh, to watch them comment on gaming and game themselves and so forth and the number of people who will actually make it is it's it's less likely they say for somebody to actually succeed at either one of those professional avenues than it is for somebody to be a success in professional sports. Wow. The, your chances of making it uh, into a successful career are even less than having a career in sports. So, um, you know, so keep that in mind. Now, if somebody, if, if parent, and I know 
many cases of parents who want to support that ambition and universities are now having pro teams and uh, there's talk of putting it into the Olympics. And so wow. all of this fuels this uh, dream from many, 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 many gamers. And you know, most of them would not have any chance at all of being successful, but many of them have the dream. So parents have to really think carefully about whether or not they want to support those very unlikely to be realized dreams. And what are the sacrifices that a child might be making in the service of that dream? Mm -hmm. Sort of the cost benefit there. Yeah. Yeah. They really have to think about it. Say you're noticing your child is having problems. What are some first steps or how can you start to get a handle of, of it? Well, I have um, sent to you, and I and I hope that you will uh, distribute to anyone interested a whole excellent reading list. Mm-hmm. Parents need to um, read up and understand first of all what the problem is, and they really need to understand child development. And they need then once they start to understand what children need at different stages of development they're going to be in a much better place to understand how to set the appropriate limits on a child's screen use. And a couple of books I'm going to name, one is my own, co-authored with Kim McDaniel called Video Games and Your Kids. And it just talks about the stages of child development and how much screen time is appropriate per stage of child development. And, and it gives parents um, the language to use in trying to hold the family meetings to discuss this and set appropriate boundaries. How, how do you start backing them off? Or, you know, for someone that might just hear this, is there like a simple one, two, three, this is how you do it? Or Well, you, you start, I think, by having a family meeting and, and explaining that the amount of gaming that's going on is, is too much. It's not healthy. There's research to prove that. And, uh, you know, and the kid, and you can just say to a child, you know, you're welcome to read the research that I've been reading if you want, but here's what I have learned that is a healthier amount. And so we're going to sit down together and have a conversation about how do we set the rules and what are the consequences going to be if, if, if those rules are broken. And that's what you do with a child who's in, who's in school, at least school age or, or just before school age, you know, for little kids, you just have to decide what those rules are going to be and be consistent about it and have a routine uh, where you, you know, you schedule up the day and these are certain times when kids can be online, but for up to two years old, kids shouldn't have access to screens whatsoever, unless it's Zooming with a grandparent or a mm-hmm. friend. That's what I was going to get into is tablets. Mm-hmm. And that's such a handy parenting tool or parents love to put their kids in front of the tablet. They're occupied. Mm-hmm. But, so your stance is no tablets before two. What about if a kid's three, four, five, six? What, what do you think? You know, like a half hour of, of 
tablet use, if it's the appropriate, if it's something that the parent thinks is appropriate content, then that's okay. It's just limited. And then once they're in elementary school, they can increase that that personal entertainment time or mm-hmm. because video, and I just let me say video games are designed to be addictive children are not going to want to stop gaming mm. and so it's much harder to set limits on gaming than it is to set limits on other forms of uh, personal enjoyable screen time yeah. Do you think they're getting better at making it more addictive? Or I imagine probably with Pong or something, it, it wasn't as bad. <laughs> no, they they hire psychologists to help them analyze the data. You know, artificial intelligence is combing through the data all the time. Uh, when when games are being developed, you know, Valve is a very, very successful gaming company, for instance. Uh-huh. It's right here in Bellevue, Washington. They have a psychologist on their team who's analyzing the data and saying, okay, this is where we're losing players. We need to make some adjustments and see if we can keep our players there. We don't want to lose them. Yeah. Let's experiment with this little funny hat that they can buy and let's see if they will buy it. And, and they do. Oh my gosh. Let's see what else we can offer them. It's almost like that psychologist is your polar opposite. And a yin to your yang here, you know. And I have to tell you, I was uh, on a tour through Valve Mm -hmm. 10 years ago or so. And and they didn't know my work. And I just totally felet like I was a mole. (laughs) Like the enemy. (laughs) (laughs) Actually. (laughs) Well, so what do you think of, I, I imagine Minecraft and Fortnite, those are really for the young kids. Oh, no. I mean, everyone plays them, but young kids really get into them. And I imagine there's problems with those games too. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, Fortnite, I really uh, have many. You know, one of the things I want parents to think about is content. Like, what is the content? Are you really comfortable with violence and with people killing each other? Is that really that antisocial behavior that your kids are engaging in? Is that really what you want? Because there is clear evidence that engaging in antisocial behavior in a game increases antisocial thoughts and behavior outside the game. So Fortnite is a very violent game. Do you really want your kids playing Fortnite? Um, I, I, I challenge parents to think carefully about that. Minecraft is a game that ha- can be very benign and can be quite pro-social, but there also can be very some of very problematical elements that people build, things that people build, gambling elements, uh, pornographic elements in, in certain you know, areas of the game and so forth. So first of all, one of my recommendations is to, to parents is to not let children younger than teenagers and maybe even high school, play multiplayer online games because there is so much that, so many ways that kids can get into trouble. All those games, for instance, have loot boxes, yeah. that kind of thing. That's gambling. And so 
kids are gambling. Do you really want to get your kid used to gambling? Yeah, well, it, I'm glad that there's people that are working to counteract this, to do this work and help people, because it does seem like it's a real addiction. You know, it can be totally debilitating. Well, what's going on in the in the brain, the neural the neurology of behavioral addictions is the same as chemical addictions. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to come talk with us today. It's been my pleasure. Thank you for inviting me. Thank you, Hillary Cash. Again, we are looking for your support to keep this show going. So if you are interested in sponsoring or underwriting, please send an email to bobby at familyess.org. This has been the Parental Compass by Family Education and Support Services. I'm Bobby Williams. We'll see you next week. Peace.